0: We today are uh, looking uh, at Ephesians chapter three. We're continuing our preaching series uh, through the book of Ephesians. And my good news to you this morning, and my premise is this, that God wants to meet with you and to shape and change your life. That is the good news that I believe is on offer to you this morning. However, you've walked through the door this morning, And for many of us, the last two years have worn us down. We we underlyingly feel weary and just a bit worn out and a bit fed up. And maybe that's just because of the, the, the global pandemic we've lived through. Or maybe there's specific circumstances in your life where you just feel heavy laden and weary and tired and worn out. Or maybe you're kind of coming through, I just feel full of life this morning. But the good news is that however you've walked through the door this morning, that the God of the universe who flung the stars into space wants to come and encounter you and reshape and reform and and reshape your life today. Is that good news? That is good news this morning. What we've been doing this morning already, that God just wants to continue. That as we open up this wonderful prayer of the Apostle Paul's, into the book of Ephesians, we see that God offers a remedy into all of our wounds and our worry and our weariness and our fatigue and into all that's going on in, the, in our lives. God comes and he says, here is the remedy. And it turns out the remedy isn't actually deliverance from our circumstances. The remedy is that the God of the universe comes and takes root in our hearts and changes us from the inside out. That's the good news this morning. And so, what we're going to do is, we're going to walk through this prayer of Paul's uh, very slowly and very carefully. And then we're going to respond and we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and meet with us. That what we share won't just be theological truth that goes in our ears and goes out the other side, but that takes root deep in our inner being. And on one level, I promise you, today is not complicated. Today is not complex. What I want to invite you to do is to hear the truth of the word of God and then to allow the Holy Spirit to come and seal it in your hearts. And that's very simply what we're going to do this morning. We're going to respond to him because I believe he wants to meet with you and change you and impact your life today and bring freedom and joy and wholeness and healing and strength into your life. Amen? We're going to read Ephesians 3, this wonderful prayer of the Apostle Paul's. in this this wonderful letter to the church in Ephesians, where he writes this. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, He may grant you to be strengthened in your inner being. That he may grant you to be strengthened in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, follower of Jesus, may be rooted and grounded in love. And may have the strength to comprehend along with all the saints what is the width and the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of the love of God. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. In order that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him. is able to do abundantly more than we can ever ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Do you feel the weight of Paul's prayer for the church in this. that Paul has just spent a chapter and a half explaining the mysteries of the gospel and how Jesus Christ has reconciled man to himself and, and mankind to one another. The separation between Jew and Gentile has been gone and now we have been made one in Christ Jesus. And now he says, for this very reason, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I get on my knees before the Father and I pray for the church. This wonderful prayer. And I I think if the Apostle Paul was leading this church today, I think he would pray this over you and I. I think these are the words that he would pray over us. That he would be on his knees before the Father, pleading that we would be strengthened in our inner being according to the riches of his glory, that we would be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ more deeply would be on his knees praying these things. And what I just want to do is unpack a few of them, explain a bit about what Paul means, and then simply say, Holy Spirit, come and seal that truth in our heart today. Do you know the Apostle Paul? He starts off according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened in your inner being. Do you know in in biblical in the biblical world in the biblical language the word inner being or heart it literally means the kind of control center of your being it's kind of the 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 very essence of who you Are The centre of your life, meaning that if our hearts or our inner being is the control centre of our life, then what's in our hearts will determine everything about how we live. Our actions, our behaviour, our thought life, the things that we pursue. Everything flows from our inner being or from our heart. That's why the writer of the Proverbs says this, Keep your heart with all vigilance, because from it flows the springs of life. Do you want to know what waters the garden of your life and determines the fruit that will grow? It's what's in here. It's your inner being. It's your heart. Because what is in your heart will flow out into every area of your life. What's in here will determine the fruit that you grow. Keep your heart in all vigilant, for from it flows the wellspring of life. And so Paul says here, he says, I'm not interested in outer strength. I'm not interested in that, I'm interested in what's in your heart, and I'm praying you, follower of Jesus, would be strengthened in your inner being. That Christ may come and take root in here, because from what's in here will flow everything in the rest of your life. That everything that is in here will be what determines the course of your life. And so the Apostle Paul says, I want your heart to be strengthened to be mighty, to be empowered, to be, to be built up, to be encouraged, that your faith may stand firm, that your faith may survive and endure and go on and be strengthened in the Lord. If we're going to live a life for Jesus, we don't need to find outer strength or some sort of, we can just get through this moment, not some British stiff upper lip. We can get through this, but the inner strength that comes from God himself and the apostle paul says i want you follow of jesus to be strengthened in your heart today i want you to be strengthened in your heart and what's really interesting is that the apostle paul is writing here to a church that is facing hardship persecution occupation from the romans there is disease there is famine there is all sorts going on And Paul does not pray for deliverance from those circumstances. What he prays is that you would find strength in the Lord, in the midst of it. He he prays that you would find strength in God in the midst of hardship and suffering and challenges, that God would come and do something in your heart, that you would find strength in him. And this strength is not found in mere willpower or human effort. That you may be strengthened according to the riches of his glory, in your inner being, how? By the power of his Holy Spirit. This strength that the Apostle Paul is praying for does not come about by your own mere willpower, it's a gift of God through the person of the Holy Spirit. So we are called to come and to say, Holy Spirit, when you come and strengthen me in my inner being. This is not about plucking up the courage. I can do this. I'll just cope. I'll just get through. This is about utter dependence on God and saying, God, I am weak. I am weary. I am wounded. I am worn out. I am worried and anxious. And I have nowhere else to be strengthened other than on my knees before you saying, God, by your spirit, won't you strengthen me? There's There's nowhere else to go. Colin reminds us in the prayer meeting this morning when the the disciples' response to Jesus was, To whom shall we go, Jesus? You alone have the words of eternal life. Where else shall we go? Where else shall we go to find strength in moments of weakness, but other to the Lord, who is the author of life, who is our strength and our refuge and our friend and our fortress And our rock of ages, the one who will never fail you, who will never forsake you, who will never leave you, whose love goes on and on and on into eternity. That's the one who we come to to find strength. We don't find it in ourselves, we come to him. He is this one whom we find all strength from. He's the well of life that will never run out. He is the well of life that will never run dry. And the issue isn't that we, feel, that we feel weak sometimes. Do you know what? We had just been through a season as a family. We had COVID. We had a sickness bug in our household. Then Ella's school bubble got shut. And to be honest, I was a bit fed up. And I was, I was just completely just done in. And I was feeling weak. Weakness isn't actually the problem. The Apostle Paul writes in, in the letter to the Corinthians, God's power actually works best in our weakness. Weakness isn't the issue. The thing is, what do we do when we feel weak? Where do we go? Where do we run to? Where do we turn to? Do we turn to the author of life? To the one who never runs dry and never runs out. If you're feeling weak this morning, the goal isn't to just kind of go, right, get up, you'll be fine, get on with it. The goal is to say, in my weakness, I'm dependent upon you, God. And I'm coming to you and I'm drawing strength and life and hope from you. The well that never runs Dry. He's abundant. The riches of his glory will always be enough. Do you understand that expression? It's according to the riches of his glory. We're not coming to a God of scarcity. We're coming to a God of abundance. The Spirit has been abundantly poured out for you and for I, that we may be strengthened in the Lord. And that is Paul's prayer for you, Today. If he was stood here today, he would say, Find strength in your inner being by coming to him and asking that the Spirit would fill you today. And Paul then goes on and he says, That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend, along with all the saints, what is the width and the height, and the length, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses understanding. God loves you with a burning passion. God loves you with a burning passion. Jesus Died for you and for I. He showed his love by dying on a wooden cross for us. His love knows no limits. His love is without condition. His love knows no end. He loves you. The God of the universe who created everything loves you. He really loves you. Like really loves you. Beyond anything that we can ever understand, it's wider than we can understand. It's longer than we can understand. It's deeper than we can understand. He loves you. With a burning passion, so much so that he would hang on a wooden cross to redeem you. That he would suffer the most unimaginable pain And sorrow and separation from the Father to redeem you and I. And Paul says, I want you to be rooted in that kind of love. My prayer is that the roots of your life would go deep and deep and deep in His love, that when the storms of life come, the tree of your life does not fall over. I want you to be rooted in that love. I want you to be grounded in that love. The word "grounded" is like a like a building metaphor. I want your foundations to be so strong and secure and steadfast that as your building of your life goes up, it stays strong. It doesn't crack or fail, but it's resilient in the face of difficulties and and suffering, and challenge. I want you to be grounded in that love. He says, "I want you to comprehend this love." The word comprehend means to grasp it. It, it, in, in In the Old Testament, it literally meant to plunder a city. It's kind of to seize possession of the love of God. Have you ever thought about the love of God and God? I, I know God loves me so much, I'm going to seize it. I'm going to take possession of it. I'm like, God, you love me so much, I'm going to wrestle with you a bit for it. Until I really get hold of it, until it's not just mere intellect, but till it seeps into the very core of my inner being, until actually it takes root in my heart and it affects everything about my life, I'm going to grapple with you, God, for this love. Because you love me with a burning passion more than I can ever imagine, more than I can have ever dreamed of, there is a God who sees all of your life, all the mess of it, all the ups and downs of it, and his declaration over you is, I love you, my child. And I'll never give up on you. And I'll love you from beginning to end. And I knew you since the foundation of the world, and I knew the mess you'd make of your life. I knew the things that you'd do that weren't weren't, weren't following me. Yet I still love you, and 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 I know all those things, And I'll still love you. I'm going to keep on loving you. And that love's going to go on into eternity. That's the kind of love that Paul wants us to be rooted in and grounded in and to comprehend. And he says, I want you to know this. Not just intellectually, but to experience it. So when it says to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, a better translation is actually to experience the love of God that surpasses knowledge. Why is Paul hanging on about this so much. Why am I so passionate about this this morning? Surely we all know this. Surely it's like Christianity 101, God loves me. It's like bumper, bumper, you know, car bumper sticker theology. You know, driving down the motorway, car sticker, God loves you. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Why is Paul so passionate about this? Listen, there's a world of difference between knowing something and it becoming your experienced reality in your life. There is a world of difference between knowing God loves you and actually experiencing it so that it shapes who you are and your very core and your very being. I'm married. I've been married for 14 years this year. Yes, I remembered. That's a factual statement, and I know I'm married, but there is a world of difference between being married and being in a marriage where there's love and joy being in a marriage that God kind of sees and goes, that's the kind of marriage I, I, I long for. There's a world of difference between being factually married and actually living a life of joy and, and, and laughter and freedom in our marriage. There's a world of difference. It's a massive difference. You can be married and never really experience the joy and the intimacy and the freedom and the wholeness that God imagines through a marriage covenant. There's a world of difference. And there is a world of difference between knowing God loves you in your head and actually letting the love of God shape everything about your life. I heard this uh, metaphor the other day when I was thinking about it. It's about honey. Very simple, really. When we think of honey, we know it's sweet, yeah? Everyone knows honey is sweet. Pooh Bear knows honey is sweet. He's obsessed with the stuff. Everyone knows that honey is sweet, But when was the last time you actually experienced the enjoyable sweetness of honey? Maybe you've never experienced it. Maybe it's been a while since you experienced it. It's one thing to know something factually, and it's another thing to know it experientially. It's another thing to let the love of God so take root in your heart that it bursts out from your inner being and it shapes your life. And Paul's prayer here is that mere knowledge about the love of Christ isn't enough. He wants it to take root in your heart. He wants it to take root in your inner being. It's meant to sink to the core of who we are and then overflow into our identity, our priorities, our actions, our behaviour, everything about how we live. It's meant to go from just here, and it's an experienced love which takes root in our inner being and then flows out into who we are and to what we do. And it's so easy to kind of stop at the God loves you, but the Apostle Paul is on his knees here, praying earnestly before the Father that the church, and now us here in this room, would really grasp it we would really take hold of it. That we would move from just going, oh yeah, nice statement, yeah, yeah, God loves me. That it would take root in our hearts. That we may actually comprehend the width and the length and the depth and the height of the love of Jesus Christ in our lives. That we wouldn't dial down Christianity to a, to a mere, let's go to church on a Sunday and give away a bit of money and, and a bit of good moral behaviour. But actually, Paul says, no, what I want you to do is to let the love of Jesus take root in your life. And watch as everything changes, as you really understand the love of God. When was the last time you prayed this kind of prayer for yourself? It was the last time we prayed this kind of prayer for anyone else. I can't remember the last time I prayed that I would really know the love of Christ in my life. I can't remember the last time I prayed for Sarah or my children, that they would really know the love of God. You know, it's so easy to come and kind of go, I pray for you know the kids and have a good week at school. No, they don't go to too much trouble. They do the right thing. You know, come on, kids, do the right thing. was last time I was on my knees for my children, saying, "God, won't Your love take root in their hearts?" Because that's what they really need. Because if the love of God takes root in their hearts, everything changes. I don't think I have. And as I've read this prayer this week, I'm like, "God, would You help me to get the rock, the first things first? that actually the love of God would take root in your heart and in my heart, that we'd be grounded in it. That's the kind of community that we want to be. Yes, we're called to intercede and to pray into circumstances and situations, but the greatest thing that we can pray for another is this, that the love of Christ, Colin, take root in your heart. Victoria, that you'd have the strength to comprehend the love of Jesus. Graham, that you would know with all the saints how much he loves you. That's what we want to be praying for for one another. That we'd be strengthened, Tom, that you'd be strengthened in your inner being according to the riches of his glory. That's what we want to be contending for for each other. That his love may take root and bear much fruit in our lives. And I would say, honestly, I don't think this is how I live. I don't think I live in the fullness of the knowledge of God, in the fullness of his love for me. I think if I did, I think my life would be very different. And so in a moment, I want to get on my knees before God and I want to ask him that his love would take fresh root in my heart. Just like what Ant was saying earlier. Actually, that's your greatest need this morning. Wherever you're at in faith, if you're here and you're not even a follower of Jesus, your greatest need is to get on your knees before God and to receive his love for the first time. And it will change everything about your life. And the Apostle Paul goes on to say, in order that you and I may be filled with the fullness, no, not just the fullness, all the fullness of God. That's an expression I don't even I can't even get my head around. I cannot get my head around how is it possible that I and you can be filled not just with God, not just with the fullness of God, but all of it. Does that make sense to anybody? It doesn't make sense to me. How can I be filled with all the fullness of God, with his presence, with his love, with who he is? How do I be filled with all the fullness of God? Yeah, that's Paul's prayer for the church that they may so be strengthened in their inner being, they may be rooted and grounded in his love, they may understand it in a way that's just not intellectual, but an experienced reality, so that they may be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you want to be filled? Do you want it to be said of your life, There's so so-and-so, they're filled with all the fullness of God. Wouldn't that be a great thing to have on your gravestone when you've left this earth? So goes Al, filled with all the fullness of God. It's a bit of a vision for life, isn't it? And it's possible, it's not some theoretical abstract concept in order that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That, his, that you would be filled with all his, all his love, all his presence, all his goodness, all his life, all his joy would be yours in him. Paul is on his knees for the church here. Being on your knees in, the, in, in kind of biblical prayer is like a sense of earnestness and real deep desire. And that's what I long for us this morning. That Paul's prayer is that you, church, and by that I mean myself, would be strengthened in our inner being, in our hearts, that we would be firmly rooted and grounded in the love of God, so that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. And we are very simply, I want to very simply invite you to respond to the Lord this morning. I want to very simply call you and say, if you listen to this prayer, which I'm just going to read one more time, and as I read it, if you would like to just respond very simply, you and God, I just want to invite you to stand. And we're going to pray that the Spirit does a work in our hearts, that we hear this word and we don't just think, oh yeah, it's nice Christian platitudes. Yeah, I need to be strengthened. I need to know the love of God, but that God would do something by his Spirit that no words, no human action can do. This is the work of the Spirit this morning. As I read, once again, this beautiful prayer. I just want to invite you, if you want to, to stand or kneel, whichever you're comfortable with. or you know, However you want to respond. We're just going to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. The third person of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he's going to minister to us this morning. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend, along with all the saints, what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. the love of God and that you would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm just going to wait and ask the Holy Spirit would come If you're watching online, just feel free to respond however appropriate for you guys as well. I'm just going to stand in the presence of God. We're going to ask this prayer would be true for us. I felt the Holy Spirit um, just gave me three words when I was praying uh, earlier in the week for today. And the three words were um, wounds, weariness, and worry. Wounds, weariness, and worry. And as many of us come in this morning carrying wounds from the past couple of years, maybe due to the fragmentation and isolation of the pandemic, maybe because of circumstances that you faced up to. I believe God wants to minister to you this morning. It might be that your mental health has just plummeted in the last couple of years and you don't know where to go or how to turn to. And God wants to minister to you today. As many of you come in this morning and you just feel incredibly weary in life, God says, I want to come and bring freedom and healing into your life. And I want to come and bring strength to you today. And even as Ant said earlier, there's some of you here and you just know that you just life is just marked by worry and anxiety. For whatever reason, for all sorts of different things. And God just wants to say again today, he wants to pray this prayer over you. I just really felt like those three words just came to my head out of nowhere. So I just want to be obedient to God. Wounds, weariness. And worry, and I, if that's you, I feel like God wants to minister to you today. He wants to bring freedom into your life, and healing, and strength. And we'd love to pray for you. I'm aware that for some, they're quite they're quite like um, sensitive things, so you may not want to come forward. That's fine. You may want to come forward. Maybe someone you know that you really trust deeply in this family. You just go, would you pray for me? Because this is how I'm feeling right now. God wants to do business in our lives this morning because he's a God of freedom. He's a God who strengthens us in our inner being. And I just want to say, Please don't leave this morning. If, if those things resonate in your heart, I don't want you to leave kind of, um, you know, without being prayed for. i just let you, I'll kind of let you decide how best that is. If you want to come forward, there'll be people that can pray for you at the end. Um, if you'd like just to find someone that you know, just go to them and say, I'd love you just to pray with me. God wants you to be strengthened in your inner being today. That's the desires of his heart for you. Paul is praying here in line with the heart of God. Strengthened in your inner being, rooted in the love of God, grounded in his love for you, comprehending the width and the length and the height and the depth of it, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, we come to you today and we ask for one another that we would be strengthened in power through your Spirit in the core of our beings. Lord, that into our weakness, you don't always provide a way out. What you do say is be strengthened in the Lord. And so I pray for my friends today. I pray for myself today. I pray that we would be a family and a community that learns to draw strength from you and that the love of God might become so real, so profound, so true to us that it shapes everything about how we live and how we go from this place. Lord, let your love take root in our hearts. Let your love take root in our children's hearts. Let us be a community that is grounded in the love of Jesus Christ. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us today. That Lord, if everything flows from the heart, Lord, that our hearts would be bursting at the seams with an understanding of the love of Jesus Christ. And from that would flow freedom and joy and wholeness and life itself. To Him be the glory. for ever and ever, and in all generations. Amen. Amen.